The following is a Poppy Chulo Radio original program. The views and opinions expressed in the commentaries and or interviews in the following program are solely those of the individuals and are not views of Poppy Chulo Radio, its parent, affiliate, or subsidiary companies. Welcome to Are You Afraid? Scream Queens, the unofficial Scream Queens internet radio show exclusively on poppychuloradio.com. Poppy Chulo Radio, pop culture on demand. Today is Wednesday, September 21st, 2016, and I'm your host, Jeffrey Aruz. During tonight's broadcast, we're going to recap, review, and dissect the latest episode of Fox's Scream Queens. Please welcome my co-hosts. First up, Clay's Anatomy. Hey, thank you for having me. This is my first time out. Um, really excited. Big fan of your other program, so I'm pumped. I'm trying to contain myself. Awesome. Right Welcome, Clay. <laughs> Next up, Prince Rico Suave. What's popping? What's popping? What's popping? And Clay, you never have to contain yourself here. Let the excitement <laughs> out. Yes, Prince does seem to let it all hang out. I'm just saying. Okay. That's good Always. to know. Good to yes. Know. And last but not least, please welcome Priscilla Rocha. Hey, guys. Glad to be back. Awesome. Oh, shit, Priscilla got She does. Team. She debuted it tonight. Yeah, hey, I'm like I Chanel. Hey. <laughs> yes, too funny. So, everyone, let's get into it. Let's jump into our recap of Season 2, Episode 1, titled Scream Again, and aired September 20th, 2016. Here's the official synopsis of the episode. In a flashback to 1985, a pregnant wife interrupts a Halloween party in need of help and is directed to Dr. Mike, who dumps the body in a swamp outside the hospital instead while his wife waits for her husband. In 2016, Dean Munch is now an icon and purchases a hospital which she names Cure Institute and hires Harvard graduate Dr. Brock Holt and suspiciously cold Dr. Cassidy Cascade, as well as Zayday Williams, who is now in her first year of medical school. With persuasion from Zayday, Kathy hires the Chanel's who have been released from the asylum and are working in the medical industry. Meanwhile, Hester confesses to her crimes and is jailed. The hospital's first patient is Catherine Hobart, who is diagnosed with werewolf syndrome. 
with Zayday suggesting a, lot of, a lobotomy. However, Brock and Chanel suggest changing her diet, which causes her to lose her hair. The Chanel's give Catherine a makeover and leave number five in the graveyard shift, while Chanel goes on a date with Brock and number three goes out with Cassidy. While taking a bath, a serial killer known as the Green Meanie appears and decapitates Catherine while Chanel number five screams in horror. So I want to get everyone's initial reaction to the episode, just a brief thoughts without going too deep into it. And we'll start off with Priscilla. So Scream Queen season one, we our radio show has done it. We loved it. And this season just started off with a bang, like picked up exactly where we left off, just as kooky, just as zany, and just as fun. I laughed at a whole bunch of puns, I laughed at a whole bunch of really dirty jokes, like it's, I just laughed out loud the entire time. It's great. Loved it. All right, now, next up, uh, Prince, who is our expert in ghosting. Prince, give us your initial reaction (laughs) to the episode. Oh my god. Telling you. I'm with Priscilla, like, yo, started off just like the last one with a bang. It had the right jokes, the right sense of humor. It had you questioning automatically, like, off bat who who you think the green meanie is. Like, yo, it came back as hard as it came before. I, I Like, I, I am enjoying the show. Like, the show can only get better. Oh, right now, Clay, what are your initial thoughts on the episode? Let me preface this by saying I live for Scream Queens. I love the tongue-in-cheek writing. I think it's just a brilliant show across the board. And it kind of might be the odd man out on this. I love the episode. I love that we got to get the update on these characters three years later. However, I think I may have been spoiled by last year's pilot just because it was kind of double-sized. And so they had twice the time to kind of introduce these characters, introduce this world. Um, And by the end of it, you really had like an established idea of kind of what to expect from the show. knew the brand of humor it had and i definitely think season two opened up um with a great episode but i there was something i was i was missing and maybe i it was just that second hour that wasn't there that i I really didn't get to get into the characters as much as i would love but overall i think the writing is just top notch it's pure ryan murphy it's pure hilarity and i'm just i'm excited for the rest of the season well since clay brought us down i'll bring us back up because I really enjoyed the episode. I thought it was awesome. <laughs> it was uh, everything that I was expecting and more. And I loved what they did with the change in location. Because I'll be honest, I was kind of worried. I was like, how are they going to go from you know, the university setting to a hospital? And it just didn't make sense on like how yeah. they were going to bring all these characters back and whatnot. But it fit perfectly and especially in the scream queens world which is already kind of like over the top and uh you know like they're moving at like mach 10 because it's it's just so intense and insane and, and that kind of thing so i really enjoyed the episode i thought it was a lot of fun and i'm looking forward to chatting with all of you about it but before we get into a thorough recap of the latest episode of scream queens here's our announcer with a few reminders on how you can interact with us like us on Facebook, facebook.com slash PCR. Are you afraid? Follow us on Tumblr, are you afraid? Dash screamqueens.tumblr.com. Follow Poppy Chula Radio on social media. We are on Facebook, Instagram, Tumblr, Twitter, and YouTube at Poppy Chula Radio. 
Do you have any questions, suggestions, comments, or concerns? Email us via contact at poppychularadio.com. Help support Poppy Chula Radio financially by visiting gofundme.com slash poppychularadio. Are you interested in joining the Poppy Chula Radio team as an on-air personality or blog contributor? Email talent at poppychularadio.com. Binge listen to your favorite Poppy Chula Radio programs by visiting poppychularadio.com slash archives. You can also download tonight's broadcast and the rest of the series through iTunes. Just search for Are You Afraid? Scream Queens, and subscribe. Thanks, announcer. So, all right, let's get into it, everybody. Let's start off with the flashback. So, th- this seems to be like the n- the motif of Scream Queens going forward. Because I wasn't sure yeah. what they were going to do. Were they going to have flashbacks and this, that, or the other? But it seems as if... You know, if we do, hopefully, get a third season and beyond of the Scream Queens, we will be having these flashbacks that uh, will affect the present day. And so we flashback to Halloween 1985, and we're in a hospital. They're having a uh, Halloween party in the hospital with, like, the music blasting, which I thought was kind of funny, (laughs) you know the patients and whatnot (laughs) that are sick and whatnot they're they're listening to everyone have uh this bacchanal basically in the nurse's station and uh we have a the wife of a patient you know looking for someone for help because her husband is uh has copd right and uh he's uh they, they they aren't sure she isn't sure what um what what to do next and so he needs medical treatment and uh she ends up running into a nurse who ends up finding a doctor played by jerry o'connell and uh it, it seems as if uh dr mike will be of help and and whatnot so dr mike and, and nurse thomas end up uh going with uh the um the 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 wife to her husband and it seems as if they're going to be help but you know initially dr mike is like oh you know we'll run some tests and we'll do it in the morning and whatnot you know i need to get back to the party but uh Jane, the wife, is like, you need to help my husband, Bill. Like, you need to help him right now. I'm going to sue all your asses. And so it seems as if Dr. Mike is going to help. But once uh, Jane goes to the waiting room, Dr. Mike, along with Nurse Thomas, take Bill back to uh, the... the, um, the outside of the hospital and behind the hospital there's this swamp and we learn a little bit about the hospital it's like the the fourth rated hospital out of four and so people like go to the hospital not really expecting much because they're the fourth one out of four and apparently this swamp behind the hospital is like filled with like toxic waste and all this kind of stuff it it glows with like this green hue and uh, nurse thomas informs us that there were rumors like when she was growing up of this creature living in this poisonous swamp uh, this creature known as the green meanie which she believes in and it creeped her out and so dr mike 
decides to dump the body of Bill into the swamp because he says, you know, because of all this toxic dump that's in it, the body will have decomposed in like a day or so. And then, you know, they'll fill out some paperwork. They'll make it seem as if Bill checked himself out and whatnot and they you know they have their hands clean now i don't know if this was the drugs or the liquor or whatnot speaking or if this is actual actually what dr mike thought uh would uh you know sort of like really work out but uh apparently that's what they do they dump the body while jane waits with jane is pregnant by the way jane waits uh in uh, the waiting room so let's talk about the flashback because a lot of setup happened in the flashback, and I thought it was really interesting how they sort of like thrust us into the world of this really incompetent hospital. So, uh, Priscilla, lead the way. What'd you think of the flashback to 1985 Halloween? I'm gonna say, just as a side note, that American Horror Story kept making these like little like little videos before American yes, Horror Story came out, yes. and one of them was the swamp thing. Which goes perfectly with, like, Scream Queen. So I'm like, I see what you did there, Ryan Murphy. Get out of my brain. I thought the literal same thing when I was watching that. I was like, (laughs) oh, my God. I remember watching that. Like, yeah. Oh, I thought the same thing. Great minds think alike. (laughs) But, yeah, like, I loved that begin. Like, I'm so glad they got, like, O'Connell back to, like, do some work. Because he's a treat to see on on the screen. Like, his face just pulls off, like, these sorts of, like expressions that are like really funny oh my god for the life of me i loved that 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 whole like scream queens everything is messed up and we accept this sort of vibe <laughs> so i i completely like loved the 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 characterization of like the hospital and stuff but i kind of want to know what the hell was the girl like the nurse dressed as because i was <laughs> i was like running through my head like Who's who's got black hair and a purple nightgown? I don't know who this is. Did did any of you know? No, no. No. Someone from 1985. Yes. Her Halloween costume is remarkably like. But other than that, like, holy shit, this 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 is great. That that guy, that that, it's a new baby, like mystery baby, who's probably like the green meanie. I know it. It's exciting. Uh, I should make a note that, uh, based on the nurse's suggestion, uh, Dr. Mike ends up taking his uh, Halloween costume off. Because she's like, you know, what if someone saw us, dumped the body, your costume is very recognizable. Because he's dressed in this green cape, you know, with this, uh, like, a green horned devilish type of mask on. So, that that comes... Wasn't he technically dressed as the green meanie? I don't think that's what the green meanie is. I think he was just a green devil type of character. I think he was just a green devil because he didn't know the green meanie story. The nurse told him about it. That's a good point. And maybe that he just adapts that moniker, the present day green meanie, takes the costume and applies that name to it. Clay, share with us your thoughts on the flashback. 
Um, I loved it. It made me, I think it was like a really cute kind of wink and nod back to the pilot of Scream Queens, which as you guys know, opens with like TLC waterfalls and there's the baby in the bathtub. And it was just delightfully ridiculous. Their plan to get away with this murder was to like forge paper. It just, it, it made no sense. And it was, it, it was brilliant. I didn't even think about the, um, the lady in the the costume but now that i think about it i'm like racking my brain while i'm listening like what was she um but it made me think like is this going to be a mechanic that they use moving forward are we going to have a different colored demon monster meanie every season with a serial killer baby um but i really liked it again i think it was the perfect way to kind of echo the first season while also charting new territory into this new one okay and prince what about your what about you um, I enjoyed the beginning. Um, I don't want to like really repeat everything that was said prior, <laughs> but like, yeah, I enjoyed it. Like, it it was um typical like Scream Queen esque like beginning of their season, and I'm starting to get used to it kind of now. Um, we'll see if this is what they do with the third, if they come back for a third or what they do, but um, if it's a pattern, you know, I'm digging it right now hasn't bothered me yet okay so the next thing that happens is we move to present day and there was a lot of exposition because they have to explain the new motif it was basically like a pilot all over again because we got to get reintroduced to the characters and reintroduced to where they are at this point in time so where we last left dean munch she was like the new face of new new feminism and uh, she was on the cover of time magazine she's hosting her own ted talks and she has decided to create a program titled cure she purchased this hospital and uh, her goal is to cure these like incurable diseases and uh, once she starts up off the uh, the hospital, you know, she gets a staff and whatnot, and she ends up visiting our girl Zayday Williams, who is like busting her ass, you know, going through medical school. She ended up like graduating uh, college in like a year and a half. Love She's it. now got three jobs to pay off her medical school loans and all the bills and whatnot. And so Munch arrives to basically make Zayday an offer. She's like, you know, come on board. I will pay for your schooling. And uh, this can be part of your residency. You know, come join me in the hospital. And initially Zayday was hesitant, but then she's like, okay, let's do it. And um, when she ends up joining the hospital team, she notices that uh, the hospital is filled with a lot of male doctors. So she gives the former dean now dr munch because she does have an honorary doctorate the one uh, that they took away from uh, bill cosby <laughs> which was perfect by the way I'm yes <laughs> so zayde convinces uh, uh dr munch to hire some more women and uh, this is where we catch up with the chanel's oh, i'll save the new characters until we until after we discuss our returning favorites so Obviously, we saw that the Chanel's were in the asylum at the end of uh, the first season. So we see that Hester has confessed to uh, her murderous spree. And that's, it was, 
hilarious because she thought that she could get away with it because of double jeopardy but she failed to know that double jeopardy affects the person that means a like the person can't be tried twice it's not that the chanel's were tried and so now she can't be tried because that would be double jeopardy because as our friend denise hemphill would say (laughs) that's single jeopardy so there's this whole thing because apparently the chanel's Yes, the Chanel's. Wait, go ahead, Prince. I said that scene. I could probably watch that scene like five times of Hester incriminating herself because she thought. Yes, it's single jeopardy. She was so sure. She was so like. She was like, no, I cannot get tried because it's double jeopardy. And they're like, no, no, you weren't tried for that twice. She's like, no, but it was tried twice. The Chanel's already. They're like, no. Dude, that was hilarious. Yeah, it Denise was crazy. Is great in that. Yes, and we learned that the Chanel's have become kind of like a national phenomenon because they had their own like making a murderer type of Netflix documentary, which was called Entrapa Kappa Kappa Murder <laughs> on Sorority Row. And because of all of this, they were set free. But we learned that the Chanel's, you know, they may have been like vindicated. They aren't murderesses, but they are social pariahs and so each one you know took jobs in the medical industry oddly enough uh you know we have chanel number three cleaning up uh mopping up spunk at a uh uh, sperm bank and uh, chanel number five is a uh, receptionist at a dental uh, office and Chanel Oberlin. Chanel number five got braces for her um, vagina teeth. Well, we don't know that. Chanel believes that's why oh. she's working. I'm actually at glad the, the facility. I feel like that's pertinent information. We should definitely cover the <laughs> it vagina is. It is. It is important. Thanks, <laughs> Thanks Prince. And uh, Chanel Oberlin, the Queen Chanel, she is a phlebotomist because she enjoys poking and poking and poking people. So, late at night, while eating some fruit pies, Dean Munch arrives and basically gives the Chanel's an offer that they could not refuse. And Chanel number five was, like, really happy to take the offer. So, she lets the girls know that she, that they all should uh, join medical school, enroll into medical school, and that they will be a part of her staff at the hospital. And they consider this a part of their redemption tour. And uh, since they're already working in the medical field, or at least somewhat, uh, you know, why not go to medical school? And so they end up, that's how they end up in the hospital. So, We'll get to our newbies in just a moment. Let's talk about our returning favorites. Let's talk about Dean Munch. Well, not Dean Munch. Dr. Dean Munch, I guess. We'll talk about Zayday and the Chanel's. Uh, so we'll start off with uh, the Chanel's superfan, Prince. What'd you think? I love the Chanel's. Still, as much as I loved them before. Actually, I might even love them a little bit more. Because... They're just even meaner because they're poor. <laughs> oh, that kind of rhyme. Yes, they were disowned by their family. <clears throat> they got disowned. They're broke. They have to fight over friggin' fruit pies. I think I like these bitches even more. But I was expecting, you know, when Chanel number one woke up to, like, you know, be a little bit meaner. Remember, she, like, called them whores last time or, like, hoes. So I'm like, you know. She's getting a little soft on me. 
Um, Dean Munch. Can I just say that fruit pie looks so good? I'm just saying. You are crazy. <laughs> I looked at the fruit pie and I was like, I was like, nope. No. I, was like, I yep. really wanted they to eat the fruit pie. Bottom. Yeah, I think that was yeah. the true sign that they were just like at their lowest of low. And she held on to it like she was on Survivor. There was like a <laughs> level of intensity there that was crazy. Yeah, she was ready to fight for that move, for that freaking fruit pie. <laughs> um, Dean Munch, she's just gotten crazier and low-key meaner than... Well, not low-key meaner. She's just subliminally meaner. Like, she, she, she does her little under jabs. But typical Dean Munch... Um, and Zayday, you know, very optimistic and positive. As long as she doesn't end up like Grace, I'll be good. Yeah, let's talk about that. Because I know, Priscilla, you um, did not care for Grace last season. And it seems as if they have given, like, the good girl role to Zayday this season. Which, I feel like... Kiki Palmer will be fine in that role. Like, I don't think they're gonna like make her too goody goody two shoes like Grace was. I I feel like they'll give uh, Kiki like some bite, which Zayday had like last season. So, what are your thoughts on Zayday now being like the good one of the group? I'm so worried about it because part of like what was interesting about that character that Grace didn't have is Grace was kind of like a pastiche of like the good girl who's completely shocked at how horrible everything is going on and like Zayday kind of knew that crazy shit was going on and she pointed it out and she was yeah. really sarcastic but still good and I didn't really see that this episode the only thing that maybe got close to that is when she's like I, i'm here for my md not my mrs i was like holy shit yes, uh. <laughs> i love that but like other than that i'm like you're coming off really sanctimonious and you know who was like that grace and no that 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 character was awful i'm kind of glad that she's not back and of course oh God, I'm, I'm so glad, glad grace is back, back. I but love like, that she's back or not back with no explanation or no even like facsimile of an explanation. She just disappeared off that show. As needed. Her and her father. Yes, <laughs> as needed. Like, you're a problem. Bye. It's all y'all fault. Right? Because it's all <laughs> your fault that shit happened in the first place. <laughs> hey, uh, wait, wait. Is it Hester, though? Their sister? So, how'd she get it make it to the sequel and they didn't hand waving it's just kind of like how, how did she get into medical school in a year and a half because reasons like that's yeah <laughs> we can't yeah. well how did the chanel's yeah. get into medical school overnight yeah they're good at that uh so many you are rare. So many of my like, doctor friends are like, how the hell did you, did they just like get into medical school without going through all of that shit with the MCAT? Whole, what the fuck? Like, I want a Dean Munch in my life. Like, <laughs> exactly. If this were the Once Upon a Time podcast, we would say hashtag magic. <laughs> because, you know, things can happen with magic. For this show, it's just hashtag reasons. Yeah. Plot. Plot reasons. Why not? You know? Yeah. But other than that, like, I kind of love the, the... The kind of just little little kind of emotions that come across the Chanel's faces. Like, did you see Chanel number three's face when she was about to mop up that room? Like, how 
freaking excited and happy she was. She was geeked. Oh, yes. She was, like, pumped. She was definitely loving her job that day. Yeah. Chanel number five seemed to hate her job. Like, only two Chanel seemed to actually, like, give a shit about that stuff, about what they were doing. I liked it. And just, like, we talked, I, I talked about everyone except the dean. I love that she's she, that she talks to Pope Francis and Pope Francis told her what the what are you gonna do now that she's done everything like she knows everybody and like ah oh, that that was just nice uh, and her like being caught up on like that that are are you are are you smoking a blood no yes <laughs> like it was so great I I I love it I loved everybody back. Oh, the Dean. The Dean is amazing. We didn't really discuss Denise and uh, Hester a- as much because they were in a uh, flashback, basically, to the trial of the Chanel's. Back. Yeah, well, we, th- we discussed them a little bit, but does anybody have any final thoughts on um, the brief appearance funnier. of Hester and Denise? Got, got Special agent. Special agent. Denise. Sorry. Excuse me. But Denise, <laughs> yes. Denise gave me life like she always does. I think Nisi Nash can do so much with so little. I think she was literally, if you added up the time in that episode, it had to be like less than five minutes. But she's just one of those actresses who just has it. Like, I would listen to her read the phone book. She's just like fucking hilarious. As Denise Hemphill. Yes. When the hell is this going on? Why 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 was her evidence in a VCR? Like... In a cassette. I know, right? <laughs> what? Well, because she's Denise, you know what I'm saying? Shout out to Shondale. Shout out to Shondale. R.I.P. Oh, my R. God. R. Yes, because Shondale got killed, and then she got pushed out the car. <laughs> Can I just say, I love that Shondale was, like, one of the first kills, and, like, we're still talking about Shondale, like, another season later. <laughs> Shout out to Shondale. That was so barely, good. like, no lines except for the time that she was at Best Buy because she had to watch them steal in the <laughs> exactly. <laughs> she used to do security at the Best Buy parking lot. Oh um, my God! Shout out! Shout out! It's just spectacular. All right, let's get into our new characters. We'll talk about the new uh, staff uh, at the at the hospital first. The ones that we were introduced to. So we're introduced to immediately to doctors uh we have uh you know he went to harvard y'all uh dr brock holt who's played by john stamos and we have the eternally cold dr cassidy cascade played by taylor lautner and uh we learned that dr holt was uh he, he was like a part of a freak accident uh it was a during the Super Bowl, and the power went out, and he was washing uh, dishes or whatnot, and his uh, Harvard, his Harvard, did I mention Harvard, <laughs> class ring fell down to, into the garbage disposal, and then as he reached down to grab it, which I think is everyone's terror if you have a garbage oh, disposal. I my biggest friggin' fear. I hate my garbage disposal just because I'm afraid that might happen one day. I, I taped the button on my garbage disposal so that shit would not happen to me <laughs> Boy, oh this my is God. a real yeah. problem apparently uh, it's it's scary so he I reached cringed. down that's how bad that was like that was like me watching saw like i was cringing i was like oh my god no no that moment looked like kill bill like with the 
fucking the blood. Oh, and the blood splattered up, up on his face. Yes. Oh my god. I was like, nope, I can't do this. Nope. And then I just gave my like garbage disposal a dirty look. I just, <laughs> I'm just not feeling it. I know, right? So he reached down, and obviously his hand got mangled, and there was blood and all this kind of stuff. When the when the power went on, I should say, the power came on, and garbage disposal came on, and bye bye hand. But uh, Doctor Brock Holt was the first person to get a successful hand transplant. So he's got this um, this weird scar on his wrist, and I've got to say, it seems as if the hand has a life of its own. I'm just saying. Yes, like some idle, cool intent, some fucking idle, and, um, yeah, no, he definitely, because the way he just, like, reacted to, like, everything. Like, what are you trying to say? Like, it's not me, because it's the hand, it's it's all mine. Like, I was like, okay, relax. Does anybody kind of think that maybe the hand transplant that he got was from the doctor from the 80s? I thought about that a little bit. Like the crazy uh, murder doctor. Dr. Mike, I think you said it was just in the beginning. Yes. I think that'd be interesting. Um, and he also had that really sketchy maybe, tattoo, too. I was thinking maybe the Harvard hand tattoo? It was a Harvard tattoo. Yeah, there was the H. Because Harvard, 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 Harvard. I was say, it was an H. Uh, it wasn't Harvard. You guys got to remember, I live in Boston. That wasn't Harvard. Uh, it was an H, though. Maybe well, Harvard. Maybe they'll echo back to the first season, and he was part of some like weird collegiate secret society or something. That would be kind of cool. At Harvard. Yes, at Harvard. Did saying. he go to Harvard? Yes. I don't know if he mentioned that. I don't know. I forgot. Well, he implies yeah. it. He implies Watch it. that back again. Yes, <laughs> implies heavily. And wow. then there's Dr. Cassidy Cascade, who Zayday, like, uh, brushed up on him, at, or I, don't remember, I forget if he, she was tapping his shoulder or if it was accidental, but she noticed that he has, like, very chilly, cold skin. Like, he's always consistently cold. What do we think that is? You know? Because he was like, he was like, I envy ice. At least if you give it heat, it melts. Oh, I that was so just so creepy. So, yeah. I'm so ashamed because, like, I read Twilight. So when he, when she says, you're freezing, and he says, I run cold. That's the exact freaking line that Bella tells Edward. Oh, that's funny. Oh, I miss that. <laughs> that is funny. Yes. So you're telling me that the guy who was a werewolf in this show is now treating werewolf syndrome and is probably like a fucking vampire yes give me wow, this that's layered Priscilla I didn't even pick up on that <laughs> see mm-hmm. I think it's bizarre I think he is a completely bizarre character and he seems to have a lot this huge knowledge base on like mutation and like a lot of things that um are crazy and what i found interesting was his introduction to the hospital how he got there was by seeking dean munch out whereas with brock she saw him in playboy or playgirl and decided that she wanted to hire him which is like classic dean munch move right there but did you guys hear him mention something about his family's trouble with like medical something mm-hmm. or history or something yeah i thought that was really interesting but he's that like this was. season's hester so far he's just really really creepy out of the gate Mm-hmm. I was I was thinking that too. I'm like, and oh, this is the problem that I had last season where I guessed wrong with the killer at the end because I started questioning it too much. I'm like, but it's too obvious. It's too easy if yeah. he's the baby. But it, it's all signs are pointing to yes there. But 
I, I'm just saying, aesthetically, everything aside, thank God we got this influx of two like really handsome gentlemen on the show. Like this is nice. <laughs> I'm sitting back thinking, yay! I have eye candy. Wait, what two? I only saw one. Very good. They're both amazing. Just but she's talking about Prince Rico Suave and Clay's Anatomy, I'm just saying. I was about to say, because I'm saying, I'm McCarty. No, actually, <laughs> McCarty is definitely John Stamos. McCarty is, yeah. They're both, they're, I, I think they're both fine. I'm an equal opportunity doctor person here. Like, they're, they're both great. I love that doctor person. <laughs> oh gosh. So we discussed like the, the doctors. Let's talk actually about the nurses and we'll talk about head nurse Ingrid Marie Hoffel, aka Nurse I M Hoffel. Played by Kirstie Alley, who I, was I love. I'm so excited when she was appeared. I was like, I didn't even know you were going to be on this season. Can I just say I love how every time she appears they do that <laughs> like noise or something <laughs> like that. <laughs> It, they do like this weird scream noise whenever she appears, and yeah. I love it. It's like Rrr! she was a really interesting addition. I think um, they're really good for that. Any uh, uh, scream queen specifically, I think, threw a lot of kind of guest stars that you didn't expect. I think um, Alan Thicke was like in the first season for an episode. Yes. Randomly. So I think Ryan Murphy is just like going through his contact list, like who can I? And Kirstie Alley, as a child of the '90s, I was ecstatic to see her, and she called the Chanel's like dumb rich whores, which for me was just brilliant. I loved every second about that. Oh, you, think, you guys are still dressed like sluts? Yes. <laughs> and I think there are a lot of nurses who watch that who have dealt with their own share of real-life Chanel's who I'm sure are just living for that character. Yes! She was really great. I liked her a lot. And I love that not only is, like, the Dean, like, encouraging her to be, like, a hard-ass on the Chanel's, which I think gives the Dean... Well, she's no longer the Dean. I'm, I'm going to be... that. Kathy, Munch. Uh, Munch, like, I think gets, like, pleasure knowing that Hoffel is being awful to <laughs> the Chanel's. But I like that she has her own agenda. Because, yes. like, she did that, like, that whole creepy thing, like, when someone leaves, she's like, hur, 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 well, if you only knew what I'm really doing. Yes. I, I'm yeah. really interested in seeing where she goes with that. And she keeps telling them that they don't belong there. That seemed to be like a, a phrase that she kept repeating. So I'm really interested to see her backstory. And like you said, what she has planned for the Chanel's because she was like straight up twirling her mustache, like old school black and white villain every time they walked away. So I'm hoping it's something just crazy. I'm just going to point out also that there was like an 80s movie marathon and I was looking at Look Who's Talking and I think Ryan Murphy did too because he's gotten John Travolta on one of his shows and now he's got Kirstie Alley on another. Oh, that's funny. <laughs> right? And I wish they would have said that she was going to be on this show. Like, they, they never like... Right? I wish they like... They didn't... They announced it like about a week ago but when they announced it I assumed, okay, she's probably coming on later in the season but right. I love that you know, they kept it secret and they didn't announce it until like a week or two ago. Their team is getting really good at that. Like how Cuba Gooding Jr. has just appeared on American Horror Story. Oh, but no, I but saw they, that no, too. They that. Yeah, they announced that he was going to be on there after um, the OJ shit. But this one was kind of like I was blindsided. 
Yeah, I think um, I thought that she would be like mid season or something, just because like uh, you said, they announced it. Relative, yeah, it was about like maybe a week or two ago, and I was assuming it was going to be for like a really small arc. So to see her in the pilot, oh, very excited for her character. I agree. So let's get into the case of the week. It's going to be interesting, but I feel like every week we're going to get a new incurable disease patient and uh, this is the very first patient of uh or i should say the very first incurable disease patient of the hospital and the patient is played by actress cecily strong her name is katherine hobart and she's suffering with that werewolf syndrome that i had mentioned and uh the chanel's they're ghosting they are supposed to be sort of like seen but not heard observing everything but when they meet the patients you know let's just say um things don't go that well with the chanel just sign the passports yeah (laughs) (laughs) i love number five asking her oh my god her hair that was epic i I love love that they actually showed it yeah that shit had me rolling she was like "Uh, thank you very much uh, I was like, yo. Yes. Oh, man. That's too no. much. And so, because of the patient and because of their reaction to the patient and uh, their non-ghosting, the Chanel's get benched. Uh, they get on academic probation, and this is when they learn that they're not getting paid. <laughs> oh, <that laughs> We're not getting paid? <laughs> that, that was perfect. Just- so much like throughout the internet it's just kind of like wait we're going to school but we're not getting paid no Uh perfect epic that's too funny i can't wait to use that And Zayday uh, is working hard on, like, figuring out a cure. Because uh, Zayday's like, you know, we need to help this woman out. We need to find a cure for her. That's the reason why she's here. And uh, Zayday comes up with the idea of a lobotomy. Because that's, like, in doing her research, that seems to be, like, the only choice. And so Chanel, while on academic probation, she decides that instead of being a... uh, world-famous newscaster a la Diane Sawyer that she wants to be a medical expert on Fox News and uh, to be a medical expert on Fox News she has to go through medical school and she has to pass and she has to get her degree and all this kind of stuff and so she uh, riles up all the Chanel's and like okay let's figure out this cure because we need to you know get a good grade and we'll impress the Dean or I should say we'll impress Munch and uh, we'll uh, prove ourselves and be better than Zayday and all this kind of stuff. And so she realizes quickly that the other two Chanel's are not that smart. And so she heads on over to uh, Dr. Holt, who uh, she was uh, immediately smitten with. And uh, they do a little bit of research. And as she's flirting with Dr. Holt, they discuss her diet, her being the patient's diet, and they find out that she has a large amount of vitamin D in her diet, which causes an increase in testosterone, which could be why she is growing this incredible amount of hair. And so they stop the lobotomy from happening, and upon giving... uh, our werewolf uh, a soy-based diet she loses all her hair and i do mean all her 
hair. So initially she's freaked out about it because she doesn't even have eyelashes or eyebrows, but it's time. A big baby. (laughs) Perfect. But wait, wait, wait. You missed something, and it's one of my the favorite parts of 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 the episode. Tell me. When they introduce um, Chamberlain Jackson. Oh, okay. Yes, that is the character. Yes, that I missed. Candy striper. Yes, I'm all (laughs) good. Take two of these and call me in the morning, Harry Mary. Oh my god, that that was the loudest laugh I gave in the entire like episode he had like what two or three lines and he like chewed up scenery like it was nothing like i i am i I am all of him i think if cassidy is this season's new hester then chamberlain is definitely could be the season's new denise because i agree i think he did so much with that two seconds um he was just hilarious and that actor i don't know if i've ever seen him anything before he was on glee yeah Oh my God! He yeah, was bully, uh, right? he was the bully on Glee, yeah. so he's completely opposite of. It's, it's funny showing range yeah, as actors. I, I did see that, like them trying to use him as like the new Denise, but I'm like, I don't know. He's no Denise Hemphill. Oh gosh! <laughs> well, no one will ever be Denise Hemphill. I'm just saying. That's true. But she, but she does have a job now. You know, she's not. Uh, what was it? Uh, security connection services or whatever there was i mean she's not longer with them so you know we'll get some more denise i'm sure and um so now that we have a big baby on our hands uh, the chanel's decide to do a makeover and so we have a makeover montage set to uh, the go-go's vacation and uh, the music was really great this episode i'm just saying agree the music is usually really good on scream queens but like i thought the music was really on point this episode it was just weird and odd which made it kind of fit if that makes any sense (laughs) and so they uh, make over Catherine uh, with wigs and uh, fake eyelashes and all that kind of stuff and um She's immediately happy, and she's ready to go take her first, what was it, Tinder profile picture? <laughs> and and that's when yeah. Chanel warns her, side angle, good light, you're still 15 pounds from a New Jersey 6. <laughs> that was brutal, savage. When she said that, I was like, no. <laughs> yes, and so... The Chanel's are victorious. They are no longer on academic probation. They've impressed the dean. They've gotten one over Zayde, who uh, they seem to have a vendetta against. And uh, Chanel is going on a date with Dr. Holt. And uh, Chanel number three is going on a date with Dr. Cascade. And number five is forced to work the grave shift because it's also known as the virgin shift. And it's known as the shift for the losers that don't have dates. But uh, Chanel number five wants to reinvent herself and all this kind of stuff. But Chanel's like, you stop taking your pills uh, from the asylum. So that's not going to work. And so that night while uh, Chanel number five is taking Catherine to uh, uh, take a bath because she has to take baths twice a day because if not her skin starts peeling they go and they do um, a hydrotherapy type of thing which I was like really like you, you don't have a bathtub I just thought that was like 
weird. So they're in like this secluded area of the hospital, and Chanel number five is like waxing poetically about like the benefits of hydrotherapy, even though you know back in the day this was used for like crazy people, and you know and now we're in the hydrotherapy, crazy person is all relaxed and all this kind of stuff, and the water is scalding hot, but it's it's like just the like the perfect scalding hot, which feels good on your body and all this kind of stuff. And so Catherine gets into her hydrotherapy bath and it locks and she's like it locks and she's like don't worry i'm here i'm here with you but then like chanel number five gets into her own hydrotherapy and it locks but she's like don't worry you know chamberlain like knows that we're down here and he'll get us in an hour and all this kind of stuff and so they're doing the hydrotherapy it's bubbling and all this kind of stuff chanel number five is ridiculously happy that she's in her hydrotherapy bath and then someone enters and it is our killer for the season the green meanie so he's decked out in the exact costume that dr mike war in 1985 and it's got the addition of this like glowing neony green goo which is the water from the swamp and uh he comes well the the green meanie i should say because we don't know the gender comes on in and uh puts on a record and i gotta say i love this song I love Be My Baby by the Ronettes. Uh, I think it's fantastic. So we see the green meanie like dancing to Be My Baby. And then the green meanie... and Well, the ladies obviously are freaked out because music is playing and they're seeing shadows of something there. And so they start screaming and then the green meanie like opens the curtains and uh, makes himself known. And he's got like this big ass... Uh, what would you call it? Like a machete type of thing? Yeah. Yeah, that's a machete. That looks like yeah. a machete. He's got like this big ass machete. And uh, he's swinging it around. Trying to pick left, right, left, right. Uh, our former werewolf is on the left. Our current Chanel number 5 is on the right. And uh, <laughs> the werewolf is like, pick her. She's she's a horrible person. So bad. <laughs> Which number I thought was fantastic. never catch a break. Poor number five. Chamberlain, please save number five. I really like her. I don't want her to die. <laughs> I know, right? She's had it tough in life. No one likes her except for us. So <laughs> we need her to survive. But uh, the green meanie chooses our werewolf, slices her head off. The head lands directly on top of the hydrotherapy tub that Chanel number five is in. Chanel number five is screaming. And the green meanie, it seemed as if the green meanie was ready to leave. But then the green meanie turns and heads towards Chanel number five. And the last thing that we see, besides Chanel number five screaming, is the green meanie, like, chomping down the machete and hitting something. I'm just gonna say... I didn't recognize Cecily Strong until that last freaking moment, the moment her head hits the table. And I was like, this is the second <laughs> SNL person after like Nassim Pedrad that dies on this show. So like, just need to get some more SNL ladies to die here. <laughs> oh, that's funny. See, I recognized her when she got shaved, when she was the big baby. Like, I didn't recognize her obviously at all as a werewolf. <laughs> 
Yeah, that was really interesting, that condition she had. I would love if they do follow the model that we were kind of theorizing about, where there's like a new incurable disease week to week, to see if some of these are like legitimate. Is this something that actually happens to people? I imagine it is. I don't think it's fiction, but I would be fascinated to see if that happens in real life. Werewolf syndrome? Yep. That, like the, the way they described it, like when not talking about drilling holes in people's heads and stuff is pretty accurate. Like, okay. <laughs> but that whole like vitamin D, like over, like th- that, that's pure bullshit. <laughs> <laughs> that was definitely Scream Queens taking yeah. <laughs> liberal uh, medical advice. Yes. I but did. I did think they were gonna fail though, and not actually get her shaved. So when I did think that, I did think it was Candle Girl under there. Oh, that's oh, funny. Hi. <laughs> no, but she's dead. Yeah. R.I.P. R.I.P. Candle Girl. <laughs> okay, so let me ask the big. Well. Do we do we feel like we need to add anything on the case of the week? Do, do we like that it seems that maybe there will be a case of the week? Do we think that's interesting? Sort of nip-tucky? Um, I don't like the whole maybe one case of the week. I would like for it to fill up with more patients. So, like, they kind of have, like, their hands full on yeah. top of the murders. So that's kind of what I'm kind of hoping for. Like, they're going to get like a lot like just a bum rush of patients at once and just not know what and just have to get thrown into it i think that would be great because not only would it add some variety and fill up the cast but i love a good mystery and that would be introducing a host of new subjects so if we get patients who come on and have these incurable disease and are on for more than an episode i think that would be really really interesting to see okay because we had a whole lot more people to kill last season yeah that is true we had Taylor Swift. Yes. Taylor Swift. Deaf Taylor Swift. <laughs> we had Deaf Taylor Swift. We had Les. We had like Candle Girl. Shondell. Yeah, Shondell. Like we had um all, all of the boys. the Half the male ca- yeah mm-hmm. the male fraternity. I think I Earl Grey was the hardest death personally for me to watch. That was tough. That was that was a sad day in my house. Oh gosh. Uh-uh. The first death, Ariana Grande's death. No. <laughs> that was life. That was the best death ever. I'm still talking about that death to this day. That's how serious that death was. That's too funny. The only before, role she was good at. Before I ask everyone what you think of Chanel number five's um what happened to her, uh I do wanna ask were you like happy that they introduced us to this new serial killer in this first episode do you wish they would have waited do you like that we were introduced to the green meanie in the first episode what do you think i feel like they procrastinated i feel like we should have saw a little bit more of it okay i feel like you know for the most part we know these characters so dilly-dallying on, like, their story for the most part, the ones that we know, it wasn't too necessary. Like, they don't even know about the killer yet. Like, I feel like that, I think, you know what I mean? Like, I would have preferred for it to end with them all, like, knowing of this killer. Okay. 
Yeah, that's kind of what I was saying. And now that you phrase it like that, I think I think I know what the first episode earlier when I said it was kind of missing something for me. I think they had a short amount of time to do so much because they did a three-year time jump. So in addition to introducing this new mythology, this new big bad for the season, the Green Meanie, and raising the stakes, they also had to take these characters uh, like Prince said that we already know, we already accustomed with, and update us. And like you said earlier, there was a lot of exposition. There was a lot of catching up. This is how... Uh, we're going to make this new medical setting kind of make sense with air quotes. It, um, I think they had a lot to do in a short amount of time, which is why I think like a second hour would have really, really... Because I agree with Prince. I would have loved to see... Um, one of the great things about the first episode in the first season is the mass hysteria that came once they realized that you know the Red Devil was targeting only Kappa. And it raised the stakes and it added a level of tension to the show. So I think that um, had they all found out in the first episode, I think that would have been a, a good move on the writer's part. Kind of a Plus you also got to remember with the first one, we had like two deaths the first one, because remember they accidentally fried Chick's face. Mrs. B. Oh yeah. Oh yeah, yeah. The so body like, count was a lot higher, yeah. Yeah, a lot higher, like, the first time around. I'm like, this time, like, yeah, okay, we get the first death, but, like, we got the first death when Chick died in the bathtub. Like, you only gave me two. I want, like, three deaths, maybe four. Mm -hmm. We need to rack up this body's, death count. Give, yeah. Give, like, give, us, give us more patience. <laughs> yes. <laughs> give us more patience and kill them off. There you go. So let's ask like the big question of this episode Shannon number five what's her fate is she dead or is she alive what do we think uh, I'll, I'll go in order um priscilla she is totally not dead like why why the hell would they have like done so much for like her vagina teeth how much like gotten her <laughs> med straightened out last season like why would we have gotten so much for her only to have her die in the first episode? No, Chanel number five is coming back, if only to be mocked mercilessly by Chanel number one. Okay, Clay? <laughs> yeah, I'm going to agree with Priscilla on this one. I think that there are a lot of little breadcrumbs that they left throughout the episode about Chanel number five that would imply that she's coming back. Like the fact that post-Asylum and post-them getting out in their Netflix documentary, it seems like number five is the only one not taking her meds. And I think we all know she's not the most stable person to begin with. She's like always one just hair away from like a, a nervous breakdown. So my hope is, my sincere hope is that she is not dead and we'll see her in the next episode. Otherwise, I'm going to be heartbroken because I love number five. Okay. Prince? Number five's not going anywhere. She didn't survive friggin' from two, four, and six just to die now. I don't think any of the Chanel's are gonna try to are gonna give up that easy. At least not first episode easy. And plus, not for nothing, Chanel number five has almost died like so many times. Like we should just know at this point, we can't kill this bitch. Yeah, it's, <laughs> it's a running joke that she gets this close to dying all the time. Yeah. Does. And, and then I love that she tells like, them and nobody cares. Like there's yeah, no exactly. reaction. <laughs> Chanel Oberlin will be like. You can't even succeed in getting murdered. Like, get out of my face, Chanel number five. Like, and she like lets her know, like, you're that much of failure that you can't even fail at getting murdered. Can't Although even die, saying, right? Saying that, if she freaking dies, it's just gonna be the other way around where it's just kinda like she died. Okay, moving on. Nobody cares. Right. Right, right. 
I kind of do hope that the Chanel's do maybe possibly get another number six. That would be interesting. It'll um, be hot. I would love to see. Okay, so if I remember correctly, if I remember my Scream Queens mythology right, Chanel number four left and died of meningitis, right? Yes. Okay, I would love to see um, something incorporated, especially now that our setting for this season is a hospital. Um, that would be interesting if the reappearance of Chanel number four. Yeah, oh, a medical record, good. something just yeah. like throw away to that. Like, I, I would love that. Me too. Or maybe she's not in. even, or maybe she never really died. Just Chanel never cared enough, and then she shows up at the hospital. <laughs> and they're like number four, like all question marked and. That would be epic. So here's hoping for like a surprise number four cameo. And because we've never seen that, uh, they could cast anybody. Really, you know? Yeah. I'm going to be the contrarian just because I don't want us all to agree. But I'm going to say she died. And I'm going to say she died for the shock value because this is the sequel. This is the, the second season. And so someone from the original team needs to die to show us that the stakes have been raised i hope that she doesn't die like i hope that the i hope that the machete like goes into cecily strong's head or something like that you know to like show chanel number five that uh this green meanie is um not playing around but uh, because all of you want or i should say said that she's gonna live i'm gonna say that she dies there's some logic to that <laughs> well, I, I feel think like you're right. I feel like no, I feel like they're gonna use it like the green media is gonna use her to like introduce himself. Like, oh, right like here. live and tell the tale, like yeah, like, like okay, here's one body <laughs> to let you know that I'm here to kill y'all, but I'm gonna need you to stay alive and tell them that I'm here. Right. Or the green media might be onto something. I think they need to kill. Um, one of the characters that we know and love. Because this is a horror show. And when you think about it, like the core cast, the Chanel's, I mean, Grace has just dis- disappeared into obscurity. She's like no longer a factor. But Zayday, the Chanel's, uh, I watch it and I automatically kind of assume that they're safe. Part of it is that they're these bigger name actresses. But um, that would be a huge head turner. And I think that uh-huh, would be, I see what you uh, did there. really smart on the red turn. <laughs> That would be interesting. So yeah, I'm well, interested. I, just, yeah. I hope she didn't. Or I the green meanie could like, kidnap her. So I think future wise, I think at this point, these are the characters. I feel like at this point, you have to look at this group and think of like potentially if there's a third season coming. I know right now it hasn't been confirmed. We haven't got to that point yet, but like you have to think of that sense and like think of like, all right, he's gonna clearly. You're right. He's gonna kill some of these people off, but. A handful of these people are going to continue on to the third season. So you kind of got to look at like the ones that like are the comedy wise. They get the people, get the views. And I feel like the Chanel's are like that group. I feel like the Chanel's, the three remaining Chanel's are kind of like a necessary core for like a successful Scream Queen. Yeah, I think they're a core part of the show. And I think that Emma Roberts is kind of 
to Scream Queens what Sarah Paulson is to American Horror Story. I don't see Scream Queens existing without some version of her. She's always in the poster arts and etc. But I could be wrong. They could completely pull the rug from under us and nobody's safe and Zayday could die next week. And I have no idea, but I am excited at the prospect uh, of this new season. This new villain, we didn't get to see too much of. I would have liked to see a little bit more during that last scene with Chanel number five and um, I'm spacing on Cecily Strong's character. Catherine. I just liked the green mini seeing like the remnants of Nickelodeon Studios' slime all over his hands. That glow in the dark shit looked really cool. No, I loved <laughs> that and how like the, the footprints glowing. was like really neat too. This like is total the- swamp thing. Like I- I'm looking yeah, forward like to seeing swamp. him. I like. I even felt like his mask was like even like more detailed and like crazy and sick, like with the little, the little horns and like the curves to the horns and stuff like that. I was like, yeah, that's epic. Yeah, they picked a really great costume. In my opinion, it's it's much better. A huge step up from like the simple red my devil. My only problem is why they keep giving these killer capes. Oh, I love the last that. Time the capes are not a good. Like the capes are not a good idea for killers. It's an ambiance thing. It's to make them look Creepier. huge and imposing. Yes. Yeah. Mm-hmm. All right, everyone. So we've discussed the episode. It's time to pick the MVP, the most valuable player, the character that impressed you the most, and why. So the rules are simple. You got to let us know who you pick, why they impressed you, and uh, a simple twist. If someone has mentioned the character that you were going to choose, you have to select a different character to bring a little variety to the MVP. So we're going to start off with uh, ladies first. Priscilla, your MVP and why. Thank you. Like I I mentioned it before on this episode, but I'm just going to say it again for emphasis. Chamberlain Jackson with two lines or so, like got my attention like as a new character right off the bat harry mary oh my god like he's he's the best i'm I'm hoping to see more of him so he's my favorite my mvp all right now prince your mvp and why um oh i'm a little toss-up i was gonna go with christy christy alley because I was so just surprised that she was really going to be a part of the cast and all. But I'm going to go with Chanel number five because she brought her A game with the with like the jokes and the banter and getting attacked. She had me laughing with most of her scenes, like and especially with like the fur ball scene in the shower drain. Like that probably had me rolling. Okay. And it might be the last time we're able to say MVP if she really is Aww. dead. Right? So. If she really is dead. <laughs> I got the last time that Chanel 5 ever becomes an MVP. Rest in pieces. Okay. You guys are bumming me out. Oh, gosh. <laughs> well, since you're bummed out, Clay, who's your MVP and why? <laughs> um, ironically enough, uh, Priscilla chose my first choice, who was Chamberlain, and then Prince chose my second choice. Um, I would say, out of the people left... I think Dean Munch um, really brought it home. She's like kind of a slightly less cool white Oprah in the Scream oh Queens gosh. world. She like knows Pope Francis. She for, smokes like, weed. She's very cool. She, she, yeah, that she's blunt, a badass. That scene was hilarious. 
I think, yeah, you can tell that um, Jamie Lee Curtis is having the time of her life. And um, I just loved how she popped up. I don't know if you guys saw that <laughs> in the first scene when um, uh, Cassidy and Dr. Holt are talking. Uh, I forget who they're talking to. But she just pops up out of nowhere. And I just thought that was classic Munch. So I'm going to go with Munch for this week. And I'm hoping next week, number five is alive and I get the chance <laughs> to call her as the MVP. Well, there you go. And my choice for MVP is actually the one that Prince discarded. I am Hoffel. I love Kirstie Alley. I think she's phenomenal. And she brought so much to this role. She's going to be great as, like, like the boss bitch that is going to, like, you know, pick and prod at the Chanel's to try to take them down, which is going to be amazing. Because, like, we kind of had that with Dean Munch in Season 1, and so it seems as if I Am Hoffle is going to, like, be that antagonistical character for the Chanel's, which is going to be great because seeing Kirsty with, like, Emma Roberts and the other Chanel's, like, you know going at it is going to be a whole lot of fun and uh no one took i am awful so, so that's why i got the chance to say her but i do want to give and i feel like all of us want to give an honorable mention to denise hempville because Woo! why not always but let me just put it out there if you ever hear this christy alley i did not discard you I just placed you aside. For okay, a there episode. you go. <laughs> Shout out to Kirsty. She is our number one fan. I'm just saying. <laughs> so let's get to the important question. This is like the big question that we will be asking at the end of every podcast. This is the big one because this is the question that we more than likely will not get the answer to until the season finale. Who? is the green meanie and right now the rule is you have to pick one character because unlike last season we do not know if there are multiple green meanies so we are assuming as of right now that there is just one when uh, we get evidence that there are more then we might have to change this question based on the evidence so right now who do you think the green meanie is who is our killer for the season let me go and we're going to go in the same order of oh. of the MVP. So Priscilla. You told me once to yes. go first. So Priscilla can go uh, first. And uh, there is no rule like the MVP. So as far oh, as okay, okay. if someone says someone, you can just you can co-sign it and bring your own thoughts as to. That's why I was trying to steal Priscilla's spot because I thought she was going to pick the okay. I was going to pick. I couldn't pick the first. Now I'm really <laughs> interested to hear who you guys. I know, think right? It is. So Priscilla, <laughs> we'll start off with you. I like the obvious choice is Doctor Cassidy Cascade, but I don't want to go with that. Like I'm still thinking that like he's such an awesome character. Chamberlain Jackson, and he was supposed to be there, but he wasn't. That I think it's him. Oh, okay. I like it. Prince, go ahead. Oh, all right. So mine is not going to be the obvious answer. I'm going with Zay Day. It's going to be a twist. That's why she's acting so nice. And wasn't she raised by her grandmother? And the guy that died was black. So Zay Day could actually be mixed. And that's why she lived with her grandmother the first season. And that's why she had a chainsaw under her bed and all that crazy shit. Mm-hmm. Interesting. So I'm going with Zay Day. She's going to play nice because she has an alternative motive. 
That's or an ulterior one. Well, you know what you yes. <laughs> I love that. An alternative motive. That's oh, a really good God. theory. I think also Denise Hemphill would like be super proud if she heard you say that. Yeah, Denise would be very proud of you. And she Prince, you just like blew my mind. Like my yeah, brain that was, exploded. That was well put together. Golf club. That was fantastic. All right, Clay, you have to follow <laughs> that. Sorry. Yeah, um, Priscilla uh, is all up in my brain because I think it is Chamberlain Jackson, too. Um, I think he's a fairly off-the-radar character. Um, he has this really sunny disposition. But Chanel Number 5 told him that they were going to be in the hydrotherapy chambers, and he didn't show up, which is kind of sketchy because during the scene he's introduced, he seems to be a really, really hard worker. I mean, he's... Rolling in this cart, handing out lollipops, giving out razors to the needy, and I, I just, I, I don't know. Right now, given the limited information, I'm going to go with Chamberlain Jackson. Okay. So... Okay, so the character should be in their 30s, in their early 30s. They should be about to be turning 31. They'll turn 31 on Halloween or shortly after Halloween not on Halloween but after Halloween so I'll be honest like after the episode was done I was like for me there are only two choices uh, Dr. Cascade or Chamberlain as well because I was like he looks like he could be around the age as well and we're looking for someone who could be biracial a, a black father and a, and a white mother and to be quite honest, Dr. Cascade, like, looks a lot like the actor that was playing the father that died. Yeah. Definitely. And although I love the Zayday, like, theory, because I think it's... After thinking about the age... It's beautiful. I realize... I don't... Because I don't know what age with the three-year time jump, like, how they're doing that. And to be quite honest, I feel like... They did an error because, if I'm not mistaken, like Scream Queen season one like took place in the present, and it and did. then they ended that in like January of like 2016 because it was like a couple months after Halloween. Oh, yeah, the, the, and so yeah. the end of their finale was in 2016, but then like three years later, it's 2016. So I, it's funny, like it cut. Hashtag ratings. exactly. That's why I put it there because I'm like, you know what? Their logic doesn't make. Their sense. logic doesn't make but sense. Again, so for some reason, like Zayday could end up being the baby one. still. Whoa! Yeah. Wait. What happens if I pick? Okay. If if not Zayday, like no, like if I had to like scrap Zayday, my other answer was Denise. Well, that would just be, be like, crazy. But it could I mean, work on the show. Would be Scream Queen. Yeah, it could that work on the show. Could you imagine? No, but Denise was there <laughs> yeah. for the party. When was the party? Remember, she was at the party. She was in '85. No, no, no. She was at the party, the sorority party. When was the sorority party? Oh, the Kappa party. So yeah, she. She, tried she to was pledge. already old enough to pledge. Yeah, but you know what? That was questionable. Too. Uh, okay, because yeah, was... she was looking the same. <laughs> 
I think that we're pulling up threads here, guys. That <laughs> was like, oh gosh. Reasons. reasons. Okay, I'll say this. <laughs> I'm gonna go with the obvious choice, Dr. Cassidy Cascade. I have a feeling that it's gonna change next week, but for right now, like he's cold, he's a little you know, there's something off about him, and he does look a lot like the father in the flashback. So Very true. Maybe. Who knows? Why not? But uh, on that note, join us next time for a brand new installment of Are You Afraid? Scream Queens. Once again, here's our announcer to remind you on how you can interact with us. Binge listen to your favorite Poppy Chula Radio programs by visiting poppychularadio.com slash archives. You can also download tonight's broadcast and the rest of the series through iTunes. Just search for Are You Afraid? Scream Queens and subscribe. Like us on Facebook, facebook.com slash PCR. Are you afraid? Follow us on Tumblr, are you afraid? Dash screamqueens.tumblr.com. Follow Poppy Chula Radio on social media. We are on Facebook, Instagram, Tumblr, Twitter, and YouTube, at Poppy Chula Radio. Do you have any questions, suggestions, comments, or concerns? Email us via contact at poppychularadio.com. Help support Poppy Chula Radio financially by visiting gofundme.com slash poppychularadio. Are you interested in joining the Poppy Chula Radio team as an on-air personality or blog contributor? Email talent at poppychularadio.com. Thanks, announcer. Co-hosts, please wish the listeners a good night. Good night. <laughs> Watch out for the green meanie. Yes, yes. Sleep with one eye open. And a chainsaw under your bed. Just saying. (laughs) Thanks for tuning in. Download new episodes of Are You Afraid? Scream Queens every Thursday via iTunes and the Poppy Chulo Radio archives. New episodes stream via poppychuloradio.com every Thursday at 9 p.m. Eastern, 6 p.m. Pacific. Good night.